Well, what is up, church? How are you today? I hope you're excited to be here today. I am very, very excited. Today is the 11:15 is actually going to go better than 9:15 because during the 9:15 service, I preached the entire service with my fly down. So, <laughs> so it's going to be better than the 9:15 service because I got that all figured out. So, thank you to my assistant who pointed that out. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so if you're a guest with us here today, we like to have fun. We're in a series right now called Get a Grip. If you're joining us online live, can we give it up for our online audience right now? We love you guys. <laughs> Watching all, all across the country, all, even uh, different parts of the world, we welcome you. Thanks for tuning in. I know some of you are normally here, but you're on vacation, and so glad you're able to uh, tune in with us, even when you're on vacation. Not that we're jealous at all. We're happy for you. So anyway, uh, get a grip. And we've been talking about this idea that when people say you need to get a grip on your life, what they really mean, or when you say it, what you really mean is that, man, there's some area of your life that's out of control. And if you don't get a handle on that area, there's going to be some consequences in your life. Sometimes it's your health and fitness. Sometimes it's your finances. Sometimes it's your words. We talked about that last week, uh, two weeks ago, uh, get a grip on our tongue and the things that we say and the things that we post. And right now, I guess there's some things that the president has said about the NFL and people kneeling. And so there's a lot of controversy right now about that uh, going on. If you're following on social media, our words are powerful, right? What we say. So we got to get a grip on that. If you missed that, that was two weeks ago. Last week, we talked about sexuality and that was fun. So we got to get a grip on that because, man, our sexuality is out of control. And if you miss that talk, you might want to go back and watch that with your kids. There's great conversation around the lunch table at our home <laughs> about that. <laughs> um, anyway, so, man, we, what we're saying is we gotta talk, we got to get some different areas of our life under control. And if we don't, there's going to be some consequences. So today what I want to do is talk about attitude. <laughs> because, man, it is a huge part of our life. In fact, if, if you're taking notes, here's the first fill-in. Your attitude makes a big difference. It makes a huge difference in your life, doesn't it? Your attitude impacts every single area of your life. I like what W. Clement Stone said. He said this, there is little difference in people, but the little difference is a big difference. The little difference is your attitude. The big difference is whether or not it's positive or, say it with me, negative. Makes a huge difference in our life. You know, when I read the Bible, I see this all over the place. I'll show you one particular passage in Proverbs chapter 17. It says, a cheerful heart or a person with a positive mental attitude that's filled with joy. You know what I'm talking about, some of these people, right? They just kind of ooze happiness, they ooze joy. A cheerful heart is good medicine. That simply means you will avoid all kinds of pain and sickness in your life. There is a huge connection between our emotional state and our physical state. You know, we're learning about that today. Scientists are showing us that, right? The insides in impact our outsides, our mental and emotional state impacts our physiology. The Bible was talking about it a couple thousand years ago. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but the opposite is also true. A broken spirit does what? Saps a person's strength. Literally takes the vitality out of their life. Have you ever seen this? People with a negative attitude, man, they're just walking around, dragging. They're just, they're just unhappy. They, they suck the life out of you. <laughs> right? Am I right? Yes or no? 
Yeah, so this is important. Attitude makes a huge difference in our life. How important is attitude? Ask a coach. Anybody ever play sports? Some of you are coaches. Ask a coach how important the attitude of his or her players are and how their attitude affects their performance on the field or how their attitude uh, impacts the performance before a big game, right? And the coach would say, man, it's a huge difference maker. You know, if you ask a teacher, how important is the attitude of your students in the classroom or how does their attitude impact their performance and with grades and papers and maybe before a big test and the teacher will say, man, it's it's not everything, but it's a huge deal, right? It's connected to their performance. You ask, uh, um, if you ask a, uh, an employer, someone that has a bunch of employees, how important is the attitude of your employees in your, in your business or the people that work for you? How, and is it connected to their performance on the job? And that employer is going to say, absolutely, attitude makes a big difference. Ask a doctor or a physician who just performed surgery on someone, how important is that person's, that patient's attitude when it comes to their recovery? And the physician will say, man, it makes a huge difference. Attitude makes a huge huge difference in our life. It impacts every area of our life. It impacts our finances. It impacts our physical health. It impacts our our relationships, does it not? It impacts our performance on the job. You know, you and I have an attitude about everything in life. Let me give an example. I'm going to throw a few words out there, and you will have an attitude about these words, okay? Just so think about everybody's going to have a different attitude. Ready? Government. You see, <laughs> you have an attitude. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad one. It might be a good one. I'm not sure, right? You have an attitude. Here's another one. School. Yeah, here's an attitude, see? <laughs> you have an attitude about school. Some of you have an attitude about government. How about this one? Marriage. Now, you have an attitude about marriage. Some of you are like, I ain't getting married. Never getting married. Did that once. Ain't they knew it again. <laughs> or I'm, I'm never been married, never going to be married because I've seen my parents destroy a marriage. I've seen my friends' parents destroy a marriage, not getting married. Some of you are like, no, nah, man, I can't wait to get married. You have an attitude about marriage. Watch this one. Ready? Parenting. <laughs> Children, right? Some of you are like, I'm never having kids. Even my kids say that. <laughs> my kids say, I ain't having kids. You know, it's like, why? This is a blast, you know, or sometimes... Everybody, you have an attitude about all of these different things in your life. Money, you have an attitude about money. You have an attitude about sexuality. You have an attitude about everything. What is attitude? What is it? I love to define stuff so I can get my brain wrapped around what we're shooting for. In John Maxwell's little book, The Difference Maker, it's a little book about attitude. If you want to go deeper on this topic, it's about 120 pages or so. It's very good. He defines attitude this way. He says, your attitude is your emotional approach to life. It's your emotional, it's how you feel about everything. It's how you feel about the government. It's how you feel about marriage. It's how you feel about your spouse. It's how you feel about school. It's how you feel about homework. (laughs) It's how you feel about a test, right? It's how you feel about a sport or an event, or it's how you feel about your peers and your friends. It's how you feel about what other people are saying and doing. Your attitude is your emotional approach to life. It's an inward feeling that often manifests itself on the outside, of our lives. It impacts every area of our life. Here's what I want to talk about today. You, it's, it's amazing, and tell me if you agree or disagree with this. You might disagree with this. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't think you will, but it's easier. In fact, I wish I would have wrote it this way in your notes. It's much easier to have a negative attitude than a positive one. Have you ever noticed that? Some of you are like, why'd you put a toilet on the platform? <laughs> it's because 
It's so easy to have a stinky attitude. Have you noticed that? Like an attitude that, and you know what we do with things that are terrible and stinky and need to get, we need to get rid of, we put them in the toilet. And we, we, we even say this to people, man, your attitude's in the toilet right now. It's just, it stinks, it smells, it's the high heaven, we gotta get rid of that thing. I wanted you to have this image in your mind. <laughs> I, I wanted you to remember this talk. I said, how can I get them to remember this? This is the toilet bowl talk, okay? This is the talk that you, you remember. It's like, man, I got to get my attitude out of the toilet. That's why I put this up here, because I, I want you to remember. It's so easy. It's so much easier to have a negative attitude than a positive attitude in our life. And, I, and, you know, we could talk about that and why the reasons are, and we're not going to get into all that today, but here's what I can say. A two-year-old can master a negative attitude. A four-year-old can get it perfectly. A 12-year-old, man, they've got it. Ooh, they got it down pat. 16-year-old, man, they're experts. It's easy to have a negative attitude. So if you're like 45 and you're still carrying that thing around, that, that attitude that stinks, and you have your reasons, don't, we? don't you have your reasons? Right, yes or no? Well, the boss, the government, my ex. We have our reasons for our stinky attitude. Listen, don't pat yourself on the back because a two-year-old has mastered that and you're 45. <laughs> See? It's easy to have a negative attitude. And, and it's not just that. There are consequences to a bad attitude. Man, it will cost you several important things. It'll cost you, number one, happiness. You know, people with a negative attitude, they're not happy. They're miserable. You ever notice? They, I mean, they're, just, they're, they're, they're twice as likely to be depressed, and, and they're always looking, things at, looking at the negative side and how things are not working out, and they're not happy, and they walk around. And, man, they don't. Did you know this? I discovered this this week as I was doing little studies for this talk, that people who have a negative attitude also have less willpower, which means that they give up more. They give up on relationships easier. They give up on projects easier. They have a lot of unfinished things in their life because they quit, because they're negative. Have you noticed that? Some of you are like, oh my gosh, that's me. You're talking about my life. I know, I know. It's me too. <laughs> we give up happiness when we have a negative attitude. You are not happy when you have a negative attitude. And you know what else is also true? You might not live as long. There's a study done, 50-year study done on nuns. It's amazing. You can look it up. It's actually uh, Price Pritchett makes, mention, mess, uh, makes a reference to the study in his book, Hard Optimism. It's a 50-year study done by nuns. And what they discovered is that nuns who had a positive attitude lived 10 years longer than nuns who had a negative attitude. Anybody know a nun with a negative attitude? Anybody grew up Catholic? Yeah, maybe you're still Catholic. Yeah, yes, I don't know. There's a lot of nuns. I remember had friends who had negative nuns <laughs> in their life. It turns out they live a lot shorter than nuns with a positive attitude. Did you know that if you don't smoke cigarettes, you on average live seven years longer than people who do smoke cigarettes? So it turns out that having a negative attitude is actually more hazardous than smoking cigarettes. So what's the message in that? If you're going to smoke cigarettes, be really positive about it. <laughs> that's not the message. That's not the message. Please don't take that and run with it. I was trying to be funny. So 
I'm just trying to point out that if you have a negative attitude, it's, it's, it's hazardous to your health. You're not happy, so you miss out. It also, it also costs you relationship. Like, who wants to be around a negative person, really? Don't we avoid these people? You know, somebody at work, they're, 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 their attitude's always in the toilet. Like, yeah. Like, some, some of you got divorced because your spouse's attitude was in the toilet. S- some of you had someone divorce you because your attitude was in the toilet. Yes? Right? People don't like that. They, they run from that. Here's what I learned about people in general. They respond in kind. They give you back what you give them. I love, I love uh, smiling. It's one of my favorite things to do. And so I'll walk into a coffee shop and I'll, I'll walk into the office here. And what, the first thing I always do is I just say, good morning. How are you? Good afternoon. And I'll smile at the barista. And most of the time, I will get a smile back from that barista. And I will get a, how are you? Because what? People, what? They respond in kind. So if I come at you with a negative, droopy, Eeyore type of attitude, what am I going to get back? Most likely, I'm going to get a negative attitude back. And so people, people will give you what you're giving them. So if you're giving them a negative attitude, you're going to get it back. You get two people in a room with a negative attitude, you get a broken relationship. Yes or no? It costs you relationships. Number three, it costs you opportunities. Here's what I've come to realize. People with a negative attitude get passed over. They don't get the promotions. They don't get the job. Someone else gets the job. All things being equal in terms of skill level, the person with the positive attitude gets the position. The person with the positive attitude gets the date. The person with the positive attitude gets the promotion. Have you noticed this? A negative person, nobody wants to be around that negative person, that negativity. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a disease and it infects everybody else. And people say, I don't want to be around them. And I'll pass, even if, listen, even if things are not equal and you have more talent and you have more skill than person over here, they might get the position they probably will because their attitude is better than yours. A negative attitude will cost you opportunities. It'll cost you relationships and it'll cost you happiness. But you know what? It doesn't have to cost you anything. It doesn't have to cost you anything because in your notes, watch this, attitude is a choice. It is a choice. A lot of people make the mistake thinking that, that, that their attitude is just something that they've inherited from their parents and they're just part of their DNA. It's just like, you know, I'm six foot three, so it's like, well, I'm, I, also have a, I also have a bad attitude. Like, <laughs> I have, you know, big teeth. Like, I also have a bad attitude. Like, that's not how attitude works, folks. It's not inherited. It's not part of your DNA. It's not just part of the cards that you've been dealt. Attitude is a choice. You, as it turns out, are emotionally responsible of how, for how you're going through this life. I love that word responsible. You might not like it. I've come to love it. I hated it at once, but now I love it. Responsible. Two words. Response. Able. Flip them around. What do you get? Able to what? Respond. Don't ever forget it, folks. You are able to respond. God will hold you emotionally responsible for how you go through this life. What is it, your attitude? It's your emotional approach to life, and you are responsible for it. You are not a victim. It's not part of your DNA. It's not part of the cards that you've been dealt. I love what Chuck Swindoll said one time. He said this, I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. We are in charge of our attitudes. So you don't, have to, you don't have to lose out on opportunities. You don't have to lose those relationships. You don't have to miss out on happiness that God has planned for you because you can choose to have a good attitude. I tell my kids all the time, hey guys, attitude is a choice. You better choose a better one. <laughs> it's real simple. 
It's up to you. You are responsible to do it. Now, how do we actually do it? How do we get a grip on our attitude? Here's how it works. Ready? I love this. Please follow along with me. Your attitude is a byproduct of your thoughts. Very simply put, scrape it down. Where does my emotional life come from? Why do I feel the way I feel? It's because of what I'm thinking. Play along with me real quick. Let's picture your house right now, wherever you live. Some of you live with your parents. Some of you live alone. Some of you live with a big family. Some of you live with extended family. Picture your house right now. Think about, think about it this way. Right now, as I'm preaching, your house is burning to the ground. I mean, it's just up in flames. Can you see it? I can see it right now. Ooh, that's a big fire. Right? It's burning to the ground. And the fire department's not going because the fire department comes to church, right? So they're here. <laughs> nobody's taking a call. People call 911. Nobody's. So your house burns to the ground. Service is over, right? You go home, and there it is, just up in smoke. Can you see it? You got the thought? Here's my question How do you feel? Some of you are like, dude, this is awesome. <laughs> I hated that house. I got a sweet insurance policy. I can't wait to collect and we're going to build something new. In fact, I almost burned the thing down myself three times. I mean, some of you feel really good right now because that house is gone. And some of you are like, oh my gosh, that'd be awful. I love my home. I have so many treasured possessions in there. It's the place where I raised my family and all this different. You'd be crushed. Where do those feelings come from? They came from your thinking. A simple thought affects or shapes how we feel. Let me say it to you this way. Follow along with me. You control your thoughts. Your feelings come from your thoughts. Therefore, you can control your feelings by controlling your... One more time. You control your thoughts. Your feelings come from your thoughts. Therefore, you can control your feelings by controlling your thoughts. That makes you responsible. You are responsible for how you feel, and you change that by changing the way you think. So what I'm going to do right now is share with you three attitude-altering thoughts that I use, okay? So this is my plan. You don't have to use it, okay? You can take it and say, man, that didn't work for me. I'm just going to share with you what works for me. So sometimes people will say, Danny, you know, you walk into LA Fitness and you go to Starbucks and you're always smiling, you always seem happy and you always seem upbeat and, and it seems to come so easy for you. I wish I had a personality like you. And what they don't know is that this smile takes a lot of work. Like it's grinding, okay? It, it's mental energy. Like I have retrained my mind and I, uh, about life so that I can walk through this life and go, hey, what's up? How are you? Oh, man, isn't today awesome? Today is fantastic. I'm having a blessed day. How, do you think I just make that stuff up? You think it just comes easy? You have another thing coming. It is hard work. I work my tail off to get my attitude. I know this is gross, but to get that thing out of here and pull it out and take it and say, I am going to have a great day today, okay? And so how do I do that? I'm going to share three attitude-altering thoughts because where's your attitude come from? comes from your thoughts. You ready? Here's number one. Problems are awesome. <laughs> problems are awesome. You got problems. I got problems. What I've noticed about people is the, first, the, 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 the most powerful thing that sends their attitude into this toilet here is when problems come into their life. Their wallet gets stolen. The basement floods, right? Your, 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 your kid's smoking weed. You know what I'm saying? 
It's like, oh man, I got problems. Yeah, I do too, okay? Everybody's got problems. They are part of life. And how am I gonna prevent my problems from sending my attitude into the toilet? I have to think differently about the problems, see? Problems are awesome. My kid's smoking pot. Man, <laughs> let's go. My basement filled with water, sewer water, sewer water. Oh, how, what are we going to do here? I mean, problems. What if, what if you thought about the problems as if they were awesome? Would that change things? You better believe it would. And I'm not, not playing games with you. Let, let me explain what I'm talking about. There's a guy named Charles Keating. He was a, an inventor. He was on the cover of Time magazine in 1993. He was head of research for uh, General Motors for many years. He had 186 United States patents. He invented the automatic starter. So when you turn your key, you can thank Charles Keatering. Your engine starts up. They used to have to crank them. <laughs> he also invented the thing called Freon that keeps your air conditioner running and your refrigerator and your food cold. Pretty cool stuff. This guy was a genius. Listen to what he said. I love this. He said, problems are the price for progress. Don't bring me anything but trouble. Good news weakens me. Can you imagine if you had that mindset about problems? I mean, you'd go through life, man, you'd be like, mm, every day, you'd be like, yes, give me some more, give me some more, because life is filled with what? Problems. And if you think differently about the problems, you'll begin to feel differently about the problems. The problem is not the problem. The problem is how you're thinking about the problem. Can I say that again? The problem is not the problem. The problem is how you're thinking about the problem that's producing the stinky attitude that should go right in the toilet. How am I going to get this thing out? I got to think differently. Ready? You say, how does the, does the Bible explain it that way? You better believe it does. Watch this in the book of James. Dear brothers and sisters, when problems, troubles, afflictions, difficulties, when they come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. In other words, get excited about trouble. This, I know this is weird. I understand. It's, but the Bible teaches us that this is something good in our lives. Why? Watch this. He gives us the reason. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Something's going to happen inside of you because of the problem. Something, you're going you're to mature. You're going to expand. Watch this. He says, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, watch this, you will be perfect and, say it with me, complete, needing nothing. You know what God's word says today? In order for you to mature, in order for you to develop endurance in your life, in order for you to become the man and the woman that God created you to be, you need to go through some valleys, some trouble, some difficulty. There's no other way that God's going to grow you into that person without plunging you into the valley of the shadow of death. And some of you have been there. You've been there many times, and you know that there are things in the valley of the shadow of death that you couldn't have learned or you wouldn't have learned in any other way. Things about yourself, things about your faith, things about who God is, things about his character, the fact that you could really trust him. See, some of you think you can trust him, but you don't know that you can fully trust him until you get into the valley. Problems are awesome because they're opportunities for you to expand. They're opportunities for you to build endurance. You know what endurance is? I love this. Maybe if you have a pen, you can write this down. Endurance is the ability to keep on going when things get hard. And life is hard. Well, how's God going to build that endurance into you? How is he going to strengthen that muscle of endurance in your life? He has to allow you to go through what? Problems. I'm telling you what, problems are awesome. Where's your attitude come from? Comes from your thinking. What are we going to think about our problems? 
What's going to get our attitude out of this toilet? We're going to say, problems are awesome. Say it with me. Problems are awesome. Some of you didn't say it. We'll try it one more time. Say it with me. Problems are awesome. Some of you aren't convinced. It's okay. Look, I told you already, you don't have to use this. This is mine. You can take that and say, that, that dude is stupid. Okay, that's fine. I am going to smile, okay? You can have a frown. I'm going to smile because problems are awesome. Number two, watch this. Things don't have to go my way. Ooh, baby. Come on. Things do not have to go my way. See, as a Christ follower, watch this. Ready? As a Christ follower, and I know some of you aren't yet Christ followers. I hope that you do become one. But as a Christ follower, we've said, Jesus, I'm stepping out of my little kingdom or my little queendom where I call the shots and I'm the boss. I'm stepping into your kingdom where you're the boss, you're the Lord. I'm going to follow you and I'm going to obey you. And here's my morning prayer. I've said this before. I'll say it again. May your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. It's not about my will. It's about your will. These hands, these feet, these eyes, this heart, this mouth, it's all devoted to accomplishing what you want done today. Okay, so I have some hopes and dreams of what will happen today or this week or next week or next year, whatever. But if it's not what you want, I'm fine with that because I serve you. That's the heart of a disciple. That's the posture. That's the condition of a disciple's heart. It's the one of surrender. It's the one of flexibility. It's the one that says, God, it's not about me. It's about you. And it's about what you want to do in this world. It doesn't have to go my way. Listen to Jesus's invitation in Luke chapter nine, verse 23. If anybody would come after me, let him say it with me, deny himself. We don't like to hear that. We live in a culture that says, go get yours. It's all about you, baby. Jesus says, you want to be my follower? You want to be, you want to live in the kingdom? Deny yourself every single day. Take up your cross. Cross was an instrument, an instrument of death. It killed a person physically. It killed Jesus. Jesus says, I want you to take up a a symbolic cross where you're dying, not physically, but you're dying to your own wishes. And you're partnering up with me and you're dedicating your life to do what I want done in this world. So when things don't go your way, it's no big deal. Watch what Dallas Willard said in his book, Renovation of the Heart, about being dead to self. He says, being dead to self or being crucified or allowing the cross to crucify yourself will is the condition where the mere fact that I do not get what I want does not surprise or offend me and has no control over me. Boy, I don't like this. I don't like this statement. How does this imply? How does this apply to our home life? Well, let's let's just talk about shoes. You say, what are you talking about? Shoes. Let's talk about shoes. I ask my children about a hundred times, put your shoes away. Put your shoes away. They don't put their shoes away. What do I want? Tell me, what do I want, church? I'd like them to put their shoes away. They don't put their shoes away. My eyeballs want to pop out of my head. I'm not getting what I want. I guarantee you tonight I won't get what I want. And it's all about shoes. Consumes this. You see, this has real implications in our life. We're talking about shoes. I want to lose my mind. I don't understand. I just want the shoes to be put away. When you got five people and everybody's got two, three pairs of shoes you got a shoey house. <laughs> I don't like that. So I got to look at this and say, am I dead to myself? Is this, is this controlling me? Am I offended by this? Am I angry about this? Anger always reveals whether or not I am dead to myself or I'm alive to myself. You know, when somebody doesn't get their way, another Christian will come along and uh, you know, two Christ followers get together and they start talking about it. 
And inevitably, if they're serious and they really want to figure things out, somebody will bring up Romans 8.28. One person will say to the other person, this is what they'll say. Don't you remember? We know that God causes how much? Everything. I know you didn't get your way. I know it didn't work out and the loan didn't close. And I know you didn't get the house. And I know you didn't get the job. And I know your, your marriage is, I know, I know she's not doing things the way with the finance. I know you wish, I know he would be more responsible. I understand the kids. I understand you're not getting your way. But did you know, hey, did you know that everything works together for the good of those who love God? And then, then, then the other person will say, and I'll, you say, do you love God? Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you understand that everything works together? Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, this one thought can alter the person's attitude. Because where's our attitude come from? It comes from our thoughts, right? So when I begin to think about how, well, man, everything's working together. Life is like this big mosaic where God takes the good and he takes the bad and he works them together for my good. And suddenly what ends up happening is your attitude gets taken out of the toilet. The other day, uh, it was Good Friday before Easter. Not the other day, so... <laughs> I was on Stones Crossing Road, Good Friday, excited about the afternoon, getting ready for the biggest day of the year at church, and I'm sitting there waiting to turn left into Willow Lakes to pick up my son, and, and uh, this dude right behind me, about 45 miles an hour, just smashes into my car. I mean, he hit me so hard that I couldn't drive my car away from the scene. Like, the, the wheels were, the bumper was up under the wheels, and we had to call the cops, and I'm like, it's Good Friday! All I want to do is like hang with my family. It's my Sabbath day. I want to chill out, worship Jesus, all this stuff. And now I'm on the side of the road. Things didn't go my way. I had this big plan for the afternoon. And I'm sitting there and I just, Jesus says, I'm doing something. Trust me. Like, okay, well, let's have a good attitude about this, you know. On the side of the road, please show up. You know, cars are going by. Pastor Danny! (laughs) You know. (laughs) <laughs> and it was the, 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 the guy that hit me was a young guy, 20-something years old guy. He had his brother in the seat, and, and, and you know, he told the cops there was a bee in the car. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> but I had a good attitude about it. Hey, guys, what's up? You know, what's going on? Hey, you know, it's, these, these, things, these things happen, you know, on Good Friday. <laughs> and because of my good attitude... I had an opportunity to look at these two fellows, and I said, guys, you see that building over there? It was like you could literally see the church. I said, I pastor that church over there, and we're having services on Easter. Would you guys consider coming? And they, they couldn't believe it. They said, you know, we were wondering why you had such a good attitude. You're a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing happened over at the rental car place. I'm like, I am here because I'm going to invite you to church. I'm, I know you're going to rent me a car, but you are going to come to my church. Anyway. If I didn't have a good attitude, if my attitude would have been stinky in that scenario, do you think I would have had the platform to invite anybody to church that day? No way. See how attitude, attitude makes a huge difference. I have to trust and you have to trust that God is working all things together for our good. Let me give you this third one. We got to tell ourselves, yes, I can. You know, if you're a Christ follower, you serve a God who parted the Red Sea. Like you serve, you serve a God who stopped the Jordan River and allowed Joshua and his men, if you hope you read the Old Testament, if you don't consider it, you know, Joshua goes across the Jordan River. It's amazing. 
And, and God stops it. He, it got, God stopped the mouths of, of, a lion, of lions so that they wouldn't eat a guy named Daniel. And, and when three guys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were, were thrown into a fire, God prevented the flames from burning their flesh. Like, we serve a God who, who does miraculous things. Like, Jesus gave blind people back their sight. Like, he took away their leprosy. Like, he, 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 he cast demons out of people. Like, he healed people's bodies. And then... On the back end of that, we struggle to believe that we can run our business or fix a marriage. We struggle to believe that we could raise this kid, kids. We struggle to believe that we can handle everyday life and the stresses of life. And it breaks my heart. And I talk to so many people that just, they have so much doubt about their own abilities. Like, wait a second, don't you understand the God that we serve. One time Jesus, I, he, there's this story about a, a father who brings a son to Jesus and the, the son has a demon inside of him and the demon was, would, would, would just basically take control of him and this little boy and throw him into a fire, or throw him into, into water and, and this, this guy brings his son to Jesus' disciples and, and they can't cast the demon out and so Jesus, they bring him, he brings him to Jesus and, and right when the boy comes to Jesus, he, the demon takes over and he throws him to the ground and Jesus says, how long has he been this way? The guy says, since, since he's been a little boy. And the father says to Jesus, have mercy on us. Help us if you can. I want you to see Jesus' response. What do you mean, if I can? What do you mean? Do you know who I am? I'm the God who parted the Red Sea. I'm the God who hung the stars. I'm the God who created the heavens and the earth. What do, you, what do you mean, if I can? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know that anything is possible if a person believes? Isn't that our issue? See, I'm not talking about self-help. I'm not talking about believing in yourself. I'm talking about believing in a God who does the miraculous in this life. I'm talking about God helping you in your current situation to face into whatever your deal is right now, whatever problems you have right now, God says anything's possible for him who believes. The Apostle Paul said it perfectly in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. This is why athletes put this verse on their sneakers or their shirts. They hold up posters. The Apostle Paul said it perfectly. Philippians 4, 13. I can do, say it with me, all things through him who gives me strength. This is not self-help, folks. This is God's help. This is not self-sufficiency, this is God's sufficiency. This, God's sufficiency. this is me saying, God, me and you together can do anything. You're pulling the heavier load. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm telling you, one of the things that gets my attitude out of the toilet is the belief that if I partner up with God and I trust in him to tackle whatever the challenge is in front of me, whether it's a parenting challenge, a relationship challenge, a marriage challenge, a church challenge, whatever challenge might be in front of me, God and I can absolutely deal with the issue. That one thought gets my attitude out of the toilet. Now, you don't have to use it. Listen, folks, this is not, this is not for you. I mean, it is for you. This is for me. You say, why do you smile so much? Because I believe in Philippians 4.13. Like, I believe that anything is possible for me if I will trust in him and lean into him and put my confidence in him. You, you can use it if you want. You don't have to. I'm just telling you what works for me and gives me a great attitude. 
What have I said today? Real quick, real quick, let's sum up. Attitude makes a big difference. If you have a bad one, it's going to cost you. What's it going to cost you? Happiness, relationships, opportunities. But you have a choice. Attitude is a choice. You can choose a better one. And how do we choose a better one? We control our thoughts because our attitudes come from our thinking. Our attitude is a byproduct of our thoughts. I gave you three powerful thoughts today, didn't I? Problems are awesome. It doesn't have to go your way. And yes, I can because I'm putting my trust and confidence in Christ. Take that, take that and run with it and see what happens emotionally in your life. I love what William James said. I'll close with this quote. The greatest discovery of of any generation is that a human being can alter their life by altering their, say it with me, attitude. You can change your life by changing your attitude, which really means you're changing the way you think about life. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Let me close by inviting some of you, whether you're watching online or you're here physically, this attitude that I'm talking about, this attitude of joy, this attitude of confidence, this attitude that carries a lot of peace and hope, it comes from knowing Christ. It comes from a relationship with Christ. He is the source of joy. He is the source of peace. He is the source of courage. He is the source of forgiveness and grace. If you want to have a great emotional life, you have to have the source of all those things living inside of you. You say, how do I have Christ living inside of me? You put your confidence in him. You put your trust in him. You reach out to him and you ask him to come into your life, invade your life, fill your spirit. Jesus made it possible for that to happen. He died on a cross 2,000 years ago. He spread out his arms and he took the penalty for sin and shame. He paid the penalty for sin. He took away the barrier that was between you and him, not just to take you to heaven when you die. And that, that's gonna be awesome. And I'm sure all of us wanna go there. And we will if we trust Christ, but he came to live with you right now, to fill your heart with joy right now as you're doing your marriage to help you it, to, to do your parenting right now, to help you deal with the financial pressures of work and bills and all these different things. God wants to impact your life right now, not just in the next life. And I know some of you want that. You've been searching for it. You've been doing things on your own, trying to figure it out. Now's the time where you step out of your kingdom into the kingdom of God and you begin trusting him. If you'd like to start that relationship with Christ today, just reach out to him in faith. Pray a simple prayer. I'll give you the words. You can take these words and make them your own. Will you pray with me? Dear Jesus, I trust you today. I believe you died on a cross 2,000 years ago and you rose again from the dead to wash away my, sil my sin and my shame and my guilt. You removed the barrier that was between us I put my trust in you today. Wash me, cleanse me, make me your child today. Father, emotionally, help me. I ask you to help me to think differently about problems, think differently about life, people, Help me to surrender my, my will to yours. Help me to trust that with all, with all the situations in my life, if you're helping me, we can do it together. I give my life over to you today. 
help me to follow you, obey you, and trust you in every area of my life. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, our church wants to rejoice with you, don't we, church? We love it. If you prayed that prayer online, amen, we rejoice with you. Hey, really quick, if, you did, if you're watching online and you pray to receive Christ, there's a little button there that you can press that says, hey, I accepted Christ. If you pray to receive Christ today, we would love to give you a gift on your way out. It's a one-year New Testament. This table's back to my right and to my left. Uh, if you pray to receive Christ online, we'd love to send one of these in the mail to you. You can get that by clicking that box. And the reason we want to do that is we want to get the Word of God into your life. We believe that as you take God's Word into your life, God begins to teach you, mold you, shape you, instruct you, guide you, shape you. You know, change you from the inside out. And so please be sure to go grab one of those if you prayed to receive Christ today. One more time, church, can we, can we give it up for God? As you leave here, as you leave here, remember this, remember this, remember this image, okay? Here's, I want you to, I want you to remember this, okay? If you don't take control of your mind, your attitude is going to be in the toilet and it's going to cost you, but it didn't have to. It didn't have to. Be responsible. You're able to respond. Take control of your thoughts. It'll change your emotions, and that will change your life. Will you pray with me? Jesus, you told us, you revealed to us very simply that a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. Help us to take control of our thoughts with the power of your word that we might experience different emotions. I know that God, instead of paying a heavy price, we will receive your blessings in this life if we do so. Jesus, we surrender our lives to you. You are the master. You are the teacher. We are the students. Thank you for teaching us today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Bring a friend.